I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. I think I made the stupid move of letting people know that, right? Like I got coined as the bachelor historian in the house. Yeah. <laughs> they, that's what the guys called me, which is I knew like when they started saying that it was going to come back to bite me. But um, I think it's it's pretty evident that there were other fans for sure. Sure. Um, And I think that they probably handled that a lot smarter than I did. But at the end of the day, like as much as I understand, like, you know, like being in the pit and Reddit and the game and all that (laughs) stuff, I liked Katie. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Bachelor Clues. 
That's correct. And with me today is not Pace Case, but instead Dark Seeker. Welcome, Dark Seeker. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Today, Pace Case is out handling some very crucial, some critical, you might say, gore business. So, Dark Seeker, we are happy to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for filling in. We are about to deliver what you've all come to expect on Thursday, this week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to have those screams. We're going to have all those parasocial plays. We're going to have all that news. We're going to have those gains. We're going to have a state of the game this week, not a state of the world. But before we get to any of that, we do have to mention that we have a book that is coming out January 18th. It is available for pre-sale now. You can find links to it in all of our bios across all of our social media, or you can just go to amazon.com and type in how to win the bachelor. And it's going to show you the book that you need to read to do exactly that. So please pick up a copy if you haven't already. It's also the first link in the podcast bio. So there you have it. All the info you need to pick up a copy of that for you, for your friends, for your family, for anyone and everyone. And now with all of that said, let's dig into this dark seeker. We're going to begin with Game of Roses. State of the world. We had something kind of significant, I feel like, happen in the game. And like I said, we're not going to do a state of the world. We all know the state of the world. It's a fucking shambles. Let's stay out of the world and live in the nation for today. At least for today. Okay? <laughs> we know what's going on with the Taliban. We know. We don't need to discuss it. So today I thought we would talk about the thing that happened on BIP Season 7, Episode 1, that in my opinion was very important. And a lot of people were talking about it, but not in depth. Not in the way that I thought it deserved to be discussed. We're talking about the black box. Did you see the black box, Dark Seeker? I did see the black box. And I saw a lot of... um talk about this black box you know was he really naked what was under the black box oh look here's a speedo you know lots of different theories but you're right it's uh it wasn't as in-depth there was no in-depth talk he was not naked i feel like we now have enough evidence to concretely confirm that kenny brash was not <laughs> naked and we'll get to that a little bit later in our state of the game but i just wanted to begin this state of the game by talking a little bit about the history of the black box how long has it been in our beloved game? What has it been used for by producers? What is its true function? Because as we know from Bachelor in Paradise Season 7, Episode 1, Kenny Brash, it's used as a lie. They're conveying something to us that is not actual. And why would they be doing that? What is the lie they're telling us? And how are they conscripting the other players into maintaining that lie? So here's a little bit about the history of the black box. The first black box in history, to our knowledge was not actually a black box. It was a blur box. And it was in episode two of season five. This aired in 2004. Your bachelor at that time was Jesse Palmer. And this blur box was applied to a player named Trish Snyder. She was that season's villain. She was that season's Fimp Rose winner. She was the first person to try and crash the season after being dismissed. She came back in to try and go toe to toe with Mandy J. Jeffries on a two on one scenario that was actually a fantasy suite. And of course, Jesse Palmer dismissed her. Nonetheless, in that episode, episode two of that season, several players are laying out by the pool 
and Trish comes out to join them. She's wearing a thong bikini, and she gets a blur box over her butt. Some of the other players comment on it, including that season's ring winner, Jessica Bolin, who says she doesn't like butts. She says there's no such thing as a good butt. It's a butt, which I found hilarious. (laughs) I don't know if many people agree with that. I think some people like butts. But Trish was that season's villain. And there were obviously ways to edit this little moment to not include her butt, to just show her coming out by the pool, to not feature it. But the producers instead saw for the first time the power of calling attention to something visually in service of maligning a player, which is exactly what they did to Trish Schneider. The next kind of most important black box that we see is season 19, Chris Souls. There's a player named Jillian Anderson. In the second episode of that season, in an ITM, Jordan Branch, who was known for drinking a lot on that season, accuses Jillian Anderson of having, in quotes, a hairy ass that needs a weed whacker. Then producers cut to an after party of a zombie paintball group date, which Jillian is on, and they black box her butt while she is wearing full length jeans. There is nothing here that needs to be black boxed. They're not trying to hide anything from us. They're now using the black box to say, this is a fool. From this moment forward, this is a bad butt. It's a bad butt. Well, I mean, they cut straight from this other player saying it's too hairy and she needs a weed whacker to black boxing her in jeans. The implication being it's so hairy that hairs are coming through the jeans she's wearing. They must have been a mess. From this moment forward, the black box is used to give Jillian a full edit multiple times, perhaps perhaps most notably on a farm obstacle course group date the following week where they have to shovel manure, dig around in eggs, milk goats, and drink it. It's kind of a reprisal of season 17's exact same group date obstacle course. Jillian gets a black box over her shorts as she's bending down in effort to go to milk this goat, maintaining her full edit. Technology obviously gets better. Um, and we see producers have the ability to simply paint on similar colors to extend bikinis and things like that. They actually did this with Jojo Fletcher in season 20 um, on her fantasy suite with Ben Higgins. They're sitting on a waterfall and she's wearing a brown bikini and the producers and editors painted an extension of the bikini to make it less revealing. No black box, um, you know, which would have produced a full edit for JoJo. Uh, so at this point, there, there's no need to ever use a black box. If the intent of the black box is actually to cover something that is inappropriate. Um, and yet that's exactly what we got with Kenny Brash in the first episode of season seven of Bachelor in Paradise. And we now know, thanks to not only our suspicion, but some expert video analyses from the fourth audience that Brash was not naked. We know this. He was wearing a brown Speedo, which had his mic pack attached to it. There are images of him in the Speedo that the editors failed to black box. So even in their efforts to make him look like a fool, the editors again are so sloppy, so lazy that they miss certain shots. Those images come out. We see that he was wearing it. There's also a shot of Brash hugging Ivan Hall when he comes onto the beach and we see the mic wire going from the necklace he's wearing down the middle of his back, disappearing into the black box. So unless his mic pack is literally in his fucking asshole He was wearing some kind of bottom covering. And this not only gives us a glimpse into how much the producers control in terms of the media we see, but also how much control they have over players. Brash himself 
says in an ITM he never thought he'd meet David Spade, in quotes, naked, so he's complicit in the lie. Brendan Marias says in an ITM that Kenny is, in quotes, fully nude. Natasha Parker says that Kenny is, in quotes, naked in an ITM. So the producers knew they were going to use this black box during uh, production, and they got players to act like this was true as well. They got them to tell the lies in their ITMs. And this might not seem like a big deal. The players exaggerated a little bit. But once that line is crossed, where they're literally saying lies, they're literally acting now, you have to ask yourself, how far does that go? How much of this show is actually completely scripted? How many of these bits are complete lies? Is there any limit to how much of this is actually acted? Maybe none of this is real. Right. We, we don't know for sure. But the role of the black box I find to be incredibly interesting throughout the history of our game and the way that they use it specifically to make people fools or to make them villains. Like that thing you were talking about with Jojo Fletcher. You don't see a crown, a front runner, anybody that they're trying to prop up. They're never getting a black box because they have a, the ability to just go in and digitally paint out stuff. If they really need to change it for standards and practices so that they don't get dinged with a fine or whatever, they can just go yeah. in and, and touch it up and you barely notice it. You have to really be looking for that shit. But when they throw a giant black box on the screen, you're immediately like, whoa, what the fuck are they covering up? This is crazy. So I, you know, it's interesting because when you do watch the teasers for the rest of the season, it seems like Kenny is there for a while. Are they, you know, trying to do a a long term fool edit? Like, is he going to be a fool the entire time? Obviously, time will tell. But uh, I just find it interesting that somebody who seems to be on the season it looks like he's on there for a little while. Uh, they're already giving him a fool at it. They also just didn't have a lot. Like, what else would they have done? That ate up probably five minutes-ish of screen time. That little story of like, sure. oh my God, his dick's out. Let's put our shawl around him and all that kind of stuff. If they didn't have that, that's five minutes that they're going to fill with what? Crab? They could have filled it with that or... Trey's uncle coming down in a speedo. <laughs> we'll get to Trey's uncle a little bit later, but I just wanted to take a few moments to highlight the black box. It's importance in our beloved game, kind of how the producers use it, and especially on Paradise. We know that Paradise is really where the producers pull out all the stops, and they will get players on board with these lies. Whitney Francois and Connor Saley yeah. being the one that I primarily remember, where they literally had to act like they were passing each other on a road and that maybe he wasn't going to get to see her because she was the only person he came back for, but she had already left. And all of this is just an orchestrated lie to build some false moment of drama or comedy or whatever that doesn't actually exist. And in this case, Kenny Brash is their willing participant in it also. The fact that they got him to say, I never thought I'd meet David Spade naked. I, I don't know. Like I, There's still like 1% of me that is like, maybe he was naked for a minute. And then he put on the pants. You know, it's interesting because uh, Becca and Jess of Chatty Broads made an interesting point, And that is, let's say he was naked. That would mean everybody on that beach, who, by the way, is getting paid, would need to have signed some type of HR waiver being like, it's totally okay if Kenny comes down in the beach naked. I'm totally fine with that. I won't sue you. All that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, I feel like 
the reactions would have been a little bit more intense instead of just like, oh, let me put my sarong uh, around him <laughs> like like Serena Pitt tried to do. If somebody you barely knew came down with his cock and balls out and you were like, oh, let me just put my sarong around you. Oh, okay. Do, like that. I'm sorry, but I, that just doesn't, that doesn't click. This is what I think it was because he does also at some point say like, I have a speedo. He says that to somebody, but when he comes down the steps, the first time he touches literal sand, he gives Ivan Hall that hug. You can see the mic wire going down his back and literally like it has to be attached to right. something. I think this is my own speculation. I think he might've been wearing a like thong bottom. So just like a string that goes up his ass, but something that goes around his waist <laughs> and is kind of like a banana hammock. So I do think it was probably something shocking to see, like, holy shit. But I don't think it was his naked dick. And that's what they're not only implying, they're all saying that he's fully nude. Brendan Marias in and an also, ITM says he's fully nude. I, that can't be true. Uh, <laughs> it just can't be true. Well, we do know he does make an outfit change because it's first a brown Speedo and then we have the pictures that people took from their TVs where it is showing it's uh, some darker color, like a dark blue with stars on it. So is he changing from a brown Speedo to one with stars on it? Did he, you know, initially start off with just a banana hammock? Like, you know, we don't know. We may never know, but that's a little bit about the black box and where we stand now in Bachelor in Paradise Season 7 with Kenny Brash being the most recent player in the history of our beloved game to be subjected to treatment of the black box. And now we are going to move on to the next segment of this week. We're going to be talking about all of those beautiful gains of the players who are now in paradise. These are our all-stars. We are moving on from Bachelorette Season 17 to start discussing Instagram growth and movement of all your favorite players on sand. This is... This Week in Games. We're going to start out this week in Games, as we always do, talking about the ratings of the show. Now, as we know, over the course of Katie Thurston's Season 17 of The Bachelorette, we've gotten very used to hearing this, but I'm going to have to say it again right now in reference to Bachelor in Paradise Season 7. The first episode of the brand new season that featured 24 all-star players dipping their toes into the stinging Mexican sands of paradise pulled the lowest ratings in the history of the show. Monday Night's Offering drew a .9 in the 18 to 49-year-old demo and 3.1 million total viewers. Just as a comparison, Katie Thurston's season average was also .9, and she was pulling in 3.6 million viewers on average. So Paradise is getting the same rating and even less total viewers, at least on average, than Bachelorette Season 17, which was a very low-rated season. The first episode of Bachelor in Paradise Season 6, which aired all the way back on August 5th, 2019, pulled in a 1.3 rating with 4.3 million total viewers, and the ratings of that season didn't really fluctuate all that much, so it looks like we might be in for another season of absolutely dismal ratings. All that said, BIP did, of course, still crush every other network show on Monday night, taking the top spot, comparatively speaking. So, as we kind of constantly say on this show, we think these bad ratings are more indicative of network TV dying than it truly is of the audience dwindling in any real way. But we, we just simply yeah. don't know. These numbers keep going down. And this is 
in my opinion, disheartening that Bachelor in Paradise has the worst ratings it has ever had. I know. I have friends who the only show out of all the Bachelor Nation shows they watch is Bachelor in Paradise. So I definitely was expecting at least a little bit higher ratings, but nope. We'll see what happens when Becca Kufrin comes in and some of these other big players. We'll see if Demi Burnett can juice the engine a little bit. But as I said, traditionally speaking, the Bachelor in Paradise ratings stay pretty constant throughout the season. There's not usually a big spike as the season progresses. Hopefully there will be a horde of Lil John fans that will come in and watch when he appears. I would, I doesn't, he, does he have a big fan base? I hope he does. Yeah. Um, now let's move on to the top five games chart for the star studded season of bachelor in paradise. You should know that I will be discussing some players who have not yet appeared on sand, but are confirmed to be in paradise this season. So if you consider that a spoiler, Skip ahead 10 minutes or so. I want to start with the top five list coming into Paradise. Unlike the main games Bachelor and Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise offers a much bigger overall player pool. And almost all of the incoming players start the game with somewhere over 10K followers on Instagram. And that goes all the way up into the Million Club for at least a few players this season. So here are the top five incoming players as measured on August 8th, 2021. Number one, we have the demigod herself, Demi Burnett, brought 1.2 million Instagram followers with her to sand. Number two, Tia Booth will be walking onto sand with 1.114 million followers. Becca Kufrin, number three, brings with her not only the mystique of the full royale, but 1.18 IG followers. Number four, we dip out of the million club as Grocery Store Joe or GSJ, who brought 608K followers into the game. Rounding out the top five is Grocery Store Joe's ex, Paradise girlfriend Kendall Long at 596K followers. So of the top five entering players, only grocery store Joe and Demigod made it into the document this week. And Demigod only saw a sliver of screen time as she was the 24th and final player to touch sand. And her entry was used as a cliffhanger for next week. We also saw a lot of strong play that we analyzed on Tuesday's show, more kissing and what we believe is more preseason DM strategy paying off than we've literally ever seen. Players coupled up immediately, even though there was only one one-on-one date awarded to Abigail Herringer, who chose to take young Noah Herb to a pinata smashing chamber. We can only assume Bennett Jordan was watching at home with jealousy as his one-time rival was selected for this elevated first one-on-one date while he was no doubt lamenting his choice to sell loafers on Instagram, which contractually disqualified him from entry to sand this season. We're very sorry, Bennett. We love your cringe, and I think Paradise would have given him a massive opportunity for way more of it. But there was a lot of strong play this week, and... uh, there were very little parasocial rewards for it. Maybe that is due to the lack of ratings of this episode, but the top five Instagram gains for the players of Bachelor in Paradise Season 7 are as follows. In that first slot, we have got the greatest night one guy to ever play the game, Grocery Store Joe. Ever. 
He raked in 13,000 new Instagram followers, bringing him up to a grand total of 621K. So that's our top gain was 13,000. That's not a lot. That's not good. Number two, Serena Pitt took in 6,000 new Instagram followers, bringing her up to 140,000 total viewers. And we know that she's going to get involved into a love triangle. So maybe that's going to help her out. We don't know. Number three, we got Noah Erb, the young man himself, the once mustachioed rookie from Bachelorette season 16. He brought in 5,000 new Instagram followers, bringing him up to 121,000 total. Number four on this list was somebody who was not even in the fucking document. She is not yet on sand, yet she got 5K new Instagram followers, which isn't much to her because we're talking about Tia Booth, who is now at 1.119 million Instagram followers. That 5,000 is not even a drop in the bucket. She probably didn't even notice. We did. We noticed. We notice everything here at Gore. And number five, bring up the rear of this list is Aaron Clancy. He brought in 4.9 thousand Instagram followers, bringing up to 47.3 total. We have an honorable mention and a little bit of a surprise here. Abigail Herringer was only able to translate first sand and the first date card into a 4K bump. We're hoping to see bigger gains for her in the weeks to come, but I I don't know what to say about any of this, except that it, it very much seems like no one gives a shit about this Bachelor in Paradise season. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Because the ratings are one thing, and we can look at those and say, whatever, network TV is dying. But Instagram gains are like, this is hard to fucking argue with. That you had a person in Tia Booth who wasn't even on the show. She's beating almost everyone in the field with a gain. I really thought, especially with Abigail being first sand and her getting the first date card, um, she only a 4K bump. That's not good. I agree. We will see what happens as the season unfolds, but that's where we stand now. And just to give you a little update on our most recent crown and her ring winner, the bearded syrup enthusiast and multidisciplinary sensual artist from the North, he has packed on a whopping 64,000 new followers, bringing him to a total of 472K. And his bride-to-be, Katie Thurston, put on another 37,000 followers this week, bringing her to 997,000 followers. She's so close. So close. But that number has not moved for 24 hours, and I am left wondering if the meme I've already made to celebrate her entry to the Million Club will go unpublished forever. I hope not. I I hope not either, because I also made a meme for uh, our official Instagram. So we both have memes on the line here. (laughs) That's the most important thing. The hard work that we put into (laughs) these memes, don't let it go to waste. Everybody, if you're listening to this and you're not following Katie Thurston, Follow her. She only needs 3K more and she's in the Million Club and then we can publish our memes. Please, there are memes on the line here, people. Come on, follow her. But that brings us to our top five chart for today as we're recording this Wednesday, August 18th, 2021. It is no change from the top five incoming chart. We got Demi Burnett at 1.21 million. We got Tia Booth at 1.19. We got Becca Cooper at 1.18. We got GSJ at 621. Okay, and we got his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, I should say, Kendall Long at 596K. And as everything is shaping up and we're, we're hearing about things on the internet and it, we can see the edit that the producers are giving all these players now, it does seem very likely to me that GSJ is going to get involved with Serena P. Kendall Long is going to come in. 
That's going to blow up everything for him in some way. I think he's going to get a massive heartbreak at it. And you might be looking at a night one guy to bachelor run here. That that would be truly phenomenal. It would prove that anything is possible. If grocery store Joe really became the bachelor, I mean, it, it would be incredible. It's also interesting to see the length of time that a player can actually exist in the game at a high level, even in his case, after being a night one guy. Years. I mean, I know COVID has elongated things. Certainly it put production Mm -hmm. on hold and Bachelor in Paradise hasn't been on the air for two years and all these things. But nonetheless, if he can become Bachelor, you're looking at somebody who's stretched out three, four years of gameplay. Only a few other players have done that kind of stuff. Nick Vile, of course. Of course. Um, it's it's very impressive. And from a social media standpoint, you know, I followed these players and have before I even came to Gore. And it's so interesting to see them kind of experimenting with what will work. Because I believe at one point Joe had some type of show where he went around where he went around Chicago and tried different foods and he was trying to make some type of like you know food channel that obviously didn't work out long term um but he found other avenues you know clickbait obviously um and it's just interesting to see what these players come up with to try and be a grocery store joe and elongate their career in bachelor nation i always find that very fascinating i do too and i think gsj is an anomaly i don't like i know we're saying anything's possible if he becomes the bachelor or hits a million club we're saying anything's possible and that's technically true i also just think this will never happen again i don't think we're going to see another grocery store joe a night one player who winds up making it some kind of deep crazy run on paradise hundreds of thousands of followers becomes one of the staples in an official bachelor nation podcast comes back to paradise like it's just there there are so many circumstantial things that have allowed him to do this that i don't know if that would ever repeat take it from toronto native uh the the ugly city on the outside toronto native justin bieber never say never Never say never. I don't think I don't think you should rule it out. Maybe it's a one-time deal, but I choose to think that you know this could happen again. Anything's possible. Yeah, as we always say, time will tell. I just I'm astounded by what he's doing, and I it's don't amazing. think we're going to see it again. There are singular kind of players within the nation. Nick Vial is one of them as well. I think what he did will never be repeated. Back to back second place finish, paradise run that goes to the end, then Bachelor. I don't think we're going to see that again. But look at what Becca Kufrin is doing. We've never seen a tropical royale. I mean, we're seeing two firsts here. We're seeing a night one guy be on two seasons of Bachelor in Paradise. And now we're also seeing a freaking crown on sand. I think, you know, uh, there are surprises in store and this isn't just like a one-off. You're right. And if Tyler Cameron becomes Bachelor, that's another thing that I just never thought would happen because I feel like he's got, it, it's, it's weird because he's got so much to gain, but so much to lose. Oh, I know. We'll get to him in a second. Especially, yeah, we will. Sorry, <laughs> I was getting ahead of myself. Uh, but that rounds out our 
gains coverage. Now it's time to move on to that segment of our program in which we delve into all the most delicious tids available in the nation. Clues, do you know what I'm looking at in my apartment right now? I don't. (laughs) What is it? I'll tell you what it is. I am mid-crafting. I bought some spray paint, and I am Mm. spray painting some old vases to go more with the theme of the decor in my apartment. That's cool. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to get more into art. I find painting to be very therapeutic. And I think that having passions in life, that, that can keep you going. And passions can push you to do big things in life. Let's say you're making these crafts online and you want to start selling them. You're not doing that out of a deep, burning love for logistics and order management. No way. No one's passionate about that part. And guess what? That's why there's ShipStation. ShipStation makes it easy to manage your orders and get your products out the door so you can get back to doing what you really love, growing your business, doing your art, perfecting your favorite recipes, etc. ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You can import orders from any sales channel, ship with any carrier using ShipStation's deeply discounted rates, and automate just about any shipping task. No wonder 100,000 plus online sellers choose ShipStation. Welcome to the 100K Club. Look, there's a million ways to sell your products online now, but no matter how you do it, you on Shopify, you on Etsy, you got your own website? Fancy! ShipStation is going to funnel all your orders into one simple interface that you can manage from literally anywhere, even your cellular telephonic device. That's a cell phone for the layman. You're even going to get access to amazing discounts with major carriers. We're talking about UPS. We're talking about FedEx. You know we're talking about USPS. You can easily compare carriers and choose the best solution every time. With ShipStation, small businesses can now access the same rates, usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies. But you don't have to deal with the contracts or the commitments. Ship more in less time for a lot less money. You're just going to use this offer code ROSES and you're going to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free shipping. You're just going to go to ShipStation.com, click on that microphone at the top of the page and type in that magic word ROSES. That's ShipStation.com. Enter offer code ROSES and you're going to make ship happen. This is Bachelor Nation News. A blast from the past takes our first position in the news this week. The ring winner from Bachelorette Season 8, Jeff Holm, filed a temporary civil harassment restraining order against the runner-up of Bachelor Season 12, Jojo Jojo Jojo, his ex-roommate, Robbie Hayes. Holm invited Hayes to live in a rental property with him rent-free for several years. And once the relationship became what Holm described as hostile, he asked Hayes to leave. Holm claims Hayes refused to leave in the beginning, and even after he did vacate the residence, he would enter the property on a weekly basis without permission. In his court filing, Holmes stated that he did not feel safe around Hayes, who continues to threaten him to this day. Yikes. 
We never like to see turmoil in the nation, especially not the kind that requires a restraining order or any legal action. We wish all parties the best of luck, and we hope everything turns out as well as it can. I didn't even know these guys were roommates. Uh, until now. I saw Robbie Hayes once, by the way, in a movie theater. That is my personal connection to the story. Thank you very much. In happier news, Bachelor Royalty and 2 million club member Joe 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 Fletcher and the less famous little brother of star NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers, her ring winner, Jordan Rodgers, have set a wedding date after multiple delays. Venue restrictions as well as COVID complications have forced the couple to reschedule multiple times, but Fletcher assured us weekly that they will absolutely, undoubtedly, 100% enter into a legally binding union in May of 2022. We don't know if this event will be televised, but the amount and quality of social media that comes from it will be staggering and awe-inspiring, we are sure. Congrats to this happy couple. What are you getting them for the wedding? I just did a news piece about them. I've probably made 500 memes about them. I feel like those are the gifts that keep on giving. True, I got them a toaster. Moving on, speaking of happy couples, season 22's sixth place finisher, CN Fleming, agreed to marry longtime boyfriend and Los Angeles-based commercial real estate agent Doug Fillmore this week. Fleming made the announcement on Instagram with a post um, it was a traditional six-slide post commemorating the proposal. The series featured images of a helicopter the couple no doubt took to the secluded spot where Fillmore presented Fleming with a sparkler from Bent Knee. The series also featured a dynamic leather pant huju. No ankle lock, but high marks nonetheless for this beautiful tribute to the subsport on this most holy of days. Congrats go out to Fleming, who has 88.8K followers, and her husband, to be, who has 2,020. Notably, I went back through Doug Fillmore's Instagram page. He's got a picture of him and CN next to two people named Ari Leyendijk and now Lauren Leyendijk. They were at their wedding which didn't take place that long after season 22, in which CN Fleming was dating Ari Leyendijk. I wonder how Doug felt about that. Did they meet at the wedding? I don't know if they met at the wedding. I don't know where they met or how they know each other. I don't know if they still hang out or if they're still friends, but that picture is in Doug Fillmore's Instagram account. I found that very interesting. Moving on to our next item of Bachelor Nation news we're talking about, Popeye. That's Peter Weber. His ex-girlfriend and season 24's fifth place finisher, Kelly Flanagan, is actually who we're talking about here. She threw her hat into the YouTube ring this week with her first vlog post that featured none other than the current cringe king, Bennett Jordan himself, delivering the intro. Flanagan was a lawyer before her rookie season in our beloved game, but after accruing 804,000 Instagram followers, she's taken to the influencer profession and looks to be expanding that parasocial empire with this new series of vlogs. Her first offering only has a little over 2K views, but we wish her luck as she enters this next phase of empire building. I'm curious to see if she can pull it off. I don't know if she can. The video is like a good first try. It's not quite polished. It's not like a Hannah Brown YouTube video. But maybe she'll get there with a little work. She needs to contact Brown Bear Visuals immediately. 
And rounding out news this week, a big happy birthday goes out to a player we'll be seeing very soon as a guided missile sent in by producers to blow up GSJ, Kendall Long. She celebrated her 30th birthday on Tuesday. Happy birthday, Kendall. We hope you got some good dead animals under the tree this year. (laughs) I I assume she got some good taxidermy. That's probably what she gets every birthday at this point. I assume to some degree like me, people just give her taxidermy and that's her thing. I get squirrels. People have given you taxidermy on your birthday? No, I hate taxidermy. I don't like looking at dead animals. I'm just saying like I get squirrel trinkets a lot. Little figurines, Ah. pictures, napkins, salt and pepper shakers, whatever shit like that that are squirrels. (laughs) I assume Kendall Long gets similar items that are like taxidermy things because she's into that. I I assume she does as well. But that rounds out news for this week. Now it's time to move on to that segment of our show where we talk about all of the beautiful plays that our players are making off the field. And in that primary world, all the plays we get to see through the screens that we stare at constantly 24 hours a day as we piecemeal upload into digital utopia. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Fourth place finisher on season 14 of The Bachelorette, Jason Tardick, took to TikTok to make fun of some commonly asked questions from the trolls of Bachelor Nation. This video currently has 181,000 views and over 4,000 comments. The consummate businessman then showed us how to maximize ROI by posting it to his Instagram main grid, where the exact same piece of media garnered an additional 752,000 views and 21,000 likes. Go, Jason. I'm constantly impressed by Tardic. Literally everything he does, from his social media plays to what I believe is the best Bachelor Nation podcast, Trading Secrets, highly recommend listening to that. Fantastic work, Tardic. We also wanted to highlight Bachelorette Season 16 player Ivan Hall. He posted a TikTok right before the premiere of Bachelor in Paradise Season 7, in which he looks direct into camera with a caption, giving a rose is tough. And this image is followed by pictures of BIP Season 7 players, Abigail Herringer, DeAndre Canoe, Jacinia Cruz, Demigod, Burnett, Mari Pepin, Kelsey Weir, Natasha Parker, Victoria Paul, Marissa Gunn, Serena Chu, Serena Pitt, Tajwan Hawkins, and the goddess herself, Victoria Larson. It really blew up when he posted it to his Instagram Reels with an impressive 234,000 views and 12.6 thousand likes. That is a lot of players to put in one posts he knows what he's doing congratulations ivan hall congratulations the bearded semen artist from the north blake moines's mother emily moines made a two minute and 27 second video on instagram announcing her podcast get real with mama moines we've seen some impressive parental play before but mama moines is the first parent of a player to our knowledge to have her own podcast. We extend a warm welcome to Mama as she dips her toe into podcasting, and we hope to hear an interview with Aunt Lindsay soon. If you're listening, Mama Moins, that interview with Aunt Lindsay is what we want to hear. That will blow your podcast up. Get it done. I'm sure it's just a phone call or a DM away. I need to hear it. Please, Mama Moins. Please. Please. Moving on. Season 25's Mari Pepin. 
had a good play this week. She shared a journal entry on her Instagram stories. The generic journal entry celebrates her arrival to Mexico and contains several redacted lines of text. What is under her black boxes? We may never know. But we love to see players letting us behind the curtain for a glimpse at what their experiences are like in-game and, more importantly, what their documentation of that experience looks like. We saw, not that long ago, a post from Raven Gates that was just a piece of notebook paper that she had scribbled down some things during her season 21. We all know what season that was. It was, of course, Nick Vial as The Bachelor. She was taking copious notes about the different players that season, what their alignments were, what they were thinking, what they thought about each other. And she had traded that information, that document, with producers for extra sleep time. She made a post about that earlier this year that I found fucking fascinating. And this Mari Pepin journal entry was, uh, it was reminiscent of that. But I have to say, again, these redacted lines, what the fuck is behind them? She redacted this document like it was an FBI file about UFOs. <laughs> Not that I've read any of those. It, hey, it, you never know what could be under her black boxes could be the key to finally fully understanding UFOs. Young Noah Herb posted his reaction to first sand recipient Abigail Herringer. After a short clip of Herringer admitting she friend zones guys all the time, Herb cuts to a shot of himself speeding away from the camera on a miniature motorcycle. This homage to The Great Escape earned him an impressive 196.2K views and 13.9K likes on TikTok. And Master Tattler, Trey Cooper, finally indulged the masses and tweeted out a picture of who? His fucking uncle. Tajwan Hawkins' (laughs) first kiss in the Cooper family was with Dr. Anthony Cooper, who we now have fully seen, and we now know he has 353 followers on Instagram. Make that 354. This play was fucking astounding to me. The entire storyline on Bachelor in Paradise of Tajwan making out with or (laughs) kissing or whatever, going on a date with Trey's fucking uncle. It was the most fascinating thing that I've seen in Paradise in a long, long time. And now Trey has the fucking wherewithal to put his picture in his social media. Brilliant fucking play by Trey Cooper. I'm liking what he does more and more, both on the field and off. And of course, the male IG champion of the nation, Tyler Cameron, took to Instagram to post a series of four slides to his main grid. All images are, of course, done in his signature, oops, I forgot my shirt style. And the caption reads, got a whole lot to smile about, exciting stuff coming love you all is this a not so subtle hint that he will be the next bachelor or is it simply an admission that his little brother is about to cook him some more steak time will tell i think at the very least it's this he knows all eyes are on him right now thinking he's going to be the bachelor he's fucking with us at the very least he's riding this wave of all of our curiosities enthusiasm hopes and dreams that we might be getting a TC season 26 bachelor. So he's going to milk that at the very least. It could also be that he's the bachelor though. You know, it just shows because I am interested. He knows even me. I'm, I'm following his every move. Is he the bachelor? Is he just trolling us? I don't know, but I want to know he's doing I mean, that's why he is the parasocial powerhouse. 
um, of the nation. Yeah, he's definitely capitalizing on a lot of interest with the fourth audience right now. And I mean, the, the, the images themselves are like, whatever. It's Tyler Cameron shirtless. It doesn't look like a lot of thought went into him, but it's that caption. Got a whole lot to smile about. Exciting stuff coming. Love you all. It's like, come on, motherfucker. What are you talking about? Yeah, and it was also, he posted that, I believe, 12 hours after Mike Fleiss posted one of his, you know, teasing tweets of, like, finalizing uh, the Bachelor pick right now, something like that. So the timing was also very uh, interesting. Mike Fleiss is the worst parasocial player in the nation. 100%. He constantly is tweeting shit that no one gives a fuck about. Gonna announce The Bachelor tonight, and then they don't announce it for two fucking weeks. We're finalizing The Bachelor. It's like, oh, God, just shut up, dude. I don't know if he even has anything to do with the show anymore, but it seems like he does. It seems like he's still in this decision-making process, but he also seems like the most out-of-touch person in the entire nation. He's literally, like, one of those people who, if you were to ask him, hey, Mike, how much does a gallon of milk cost? He would like genuinely say $65. I think it costs like 10 cell phones. (laughs) That's how out of touch he is. Like, it's ridiculous. Well, while all these were fantastic parasocial plays, there can only be one winner. And this week, the parasocial play of the week goes to the man once known for his famous crystal erection, Blake Moines, the Bachelorette Season 17 ring winner, took to Instagram this week to post what can only be described as a genius-level series of mimicries of his fiancée, Katie Thurston. Back in July, Thurston posted a series of images of herself at the Fairmont Olympic Hotel pool. She donned a pink bathing suit and green jacket for the shots that got 147,000 likes and over 1K comments. Moines recreated these exact images in a similar series wearing his own green jacket and pair of pink shorts accented with neon yellow Crocs. As if the outfit itself weren't enough, Moines comically recreates Thurston's posing and delivers a masterpiece of a parasocial gaze as he looks right into the lens, as if to say, I know this is the best parasocial play of the week. And indeed, the group date and season crasher is correct. This post has 118,000 likes and over 2,000 comments. With parasocial skills like this, it's easy to see why Thurston chose this bachelorette serial dater as her husband-to-be. Congrats to Moines and to Thurston, the original inspiration for this amazing play. This thing went everywhere. I got this thing DM'd to me, I don't know, 700 times. It was incredibly well done. And just him and Katie already taking advantage of the power that they both yield together as a unit is... I mean, they were doing live reactions during uh, the first episode of VIP. You know, we had this. It's I, I can't wait for more from them. I'm so excited to see what they come up with next. I agree. This was playful. It was comedic. It was well thought out. They obviously discussed it, choreographed it. This is a planned parasocial play that worked like a fucking charm. And if their relationship is just this every week, something like this every week, I'm in. Our memes will no longer be on the line because they will have been posted because they'll reach a million followers. Katie will, at least. God, she's still at 997 as of right now. She's just not breaking that 
threshold. 3,000 more. Please, if you're listening, listen, I spent about 13 minutes and 12 seconds on this specific meme. Clues, I don't know how much time you spent, but please don't let that 13 minutes be in vain. Please go follow Katie right now. We do have a parasocial error this week. Bachelor at season 12 insurrectionist James Taylor posted what seems like a eulogy for his ex-girlfriend, but we're happy to report she is alive and well, and she just got engaged to another guy. This is a multiple image series of slides that this man posted of him doing different things with his ex-girlfriend. They're like funny, cute, whatever, when they were together. It's kind of a long caption, but it's, it's necessary. We got to read this. This is what the okay. caption reads on this post. Again, this woman is not dead. She is simply engaged to a man that is not James McCoy Taylor. This is the caption. Can't believe I can only pick 10 pictures. He maxed it out. He put 10 slides in this thing, by the way. Can't believe you're really gone. That's the next line of this. There's no other way to take that other than that she's dead. Can't believe this entire past year, really, how can I get run over by a truck and that not be the worst thing that happened to me? That wasn't the worst thing that happened to you, dude. You went to the insurrection. Turns out losing your best friend is much, much worse. Maybe with all the serious issues going on in the world around us, I wasn't serious enough about what mattered most, but it was always you in case you forgot. She's engaged to another man and has to read this. So I'm sorry for all my shortcomings and letting you down. And just know that if you ever wanted me back, I'd choose you in a heartbeat over the entire world. So he's even saying, like, the door's open. She's engaged to another fucking man, and this is what he's doing. Not well wishes, not I hope you have a happy life with the guy that you're in love with. It's like, I'm here. I'll take you over the entire world. There's never been another you and never could be to me. Never. That like never he puts in there. Just wanted to brag on you and say thanks for everything and I miss and love you. So clearly it sounds like she's dead. This idea that he's saying there could never be another you to me. Never. Dude, you're going to have to date someone else now because she's getting married. That person's going to read this and be like, what the fuck? Did you kill her? I'm crying. (laughs) Did you kill (laughs) her? Oh my gosh, this was, I mean, uh, is he okay? Like, does he actually, I feel like he actually thinks she's dead. I mean, maybe he's, maybe she's dead to him. I don't know. But I mean, this was a proper eulogy. This was not, I I mean. The phrase, the second phrase in this, he says, can't believe I can only pick 10 pictures, dot, dot, dot. That already is crazy. Can't believe you're really <laughs> gone. That's a death line. That's a fucking eulogy. Is, I can't believe you're really like, I can't believe grandma's really gone. She's not it's gone, like, dude. She's still here with us among the living. She's just not marrying you. That's all. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, parasocial air of the week goes out to James McCoy Taylor. You're giving us a lot of good parasocial airs. <laughs> And now, let's move on to that parasocial creature of the week. There are a lot of creatures crawling their way into the parasocial world this week. One creature in particular jumped out ahead of all the competition. Pilot, Popeye Pete, 
took to his Instagram stories to share a snap of himself. And what kind of creature? Oh, it was a cute little squirrel. And the caption reads, this heat wave was driving us nuts today. In this image, Pilot Pete is sitting with arms crossed. He's got on a pair of shades looking very cool. He's sitting in this bench, and right next to him on the bench is this beautiful squirrel. As we know, squirrels are evidence of the divine here on Earth, and this communion with our planet's most glorious creature warrants a hearty round of congratulations for rubbing shoulders with the Season 24 Bachelor. So congratulations to this little, I believe it's a Central Park squirrel, who got to hang out with Pilot Pete for a couple of minutes. I wish I was that squirrel. And that rounds out all of our parasocial plays for this week. Now it's time for the Dark Seeker and I to descend into the bottom of the pit where we're going to issue some screams. And we also have a new little segment today. We're going to be issuing a scream from a member of the pit. And we're going to tell you all how you can submit your screams if you possibly want to be in the screams from the pit section with us. This is... Screams from the Pit! This week, I purchased a ticket to the Chatty Broads live stream that happened uh, last Sunday. And I listened to the Chatty Broads in during my leisure time. I don't find it to be work. I just like listening to them. And I wanted to support them. Had a little Sunday night activity all lined up. What I didn't realize was the chat, the live chat that is going on as they're doing their live show, it displays your full name. And I was just chatting like I was one of the fans, which I, I am. And, you know, I was like saying, haha, Grayston, or oh, lol, Jess said that, you know. And then all of a sudden, I see just a like, a tower of dark seeker, dark seeker, dark seeker, dark seeker comments. You got recognized and in the chat like, of this event? Uh, by many people. <laughs> people went nuts. Oh, fuck. That's awesome. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, I was taken aback because like, yeah, they would recognize you or Pace Case, but me. And then I realized I kind of had to like, compose myself and you know i don't know i watched myself a little bit more um well, what were you doing prior was... to being recognized what kind of shit were you popping off in this chat that you were like oh i better I was going wild <laughs> That's i what was I'm saying. letting loose <laughs> no i think i was just i wasn't commenting anything of substance really just like ha 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 lol so any other comment i was like oh gotta put a comma there gotta put a semicolon Nice. All right. So you got a little parasocial power going, but you've had that before. You had a YouTube channel, no? That is correct. I did. Uh, I even was invited to VidCon in 2013 as a creator. Uh, This is a very awkward time in my life that I uh, don't like bringing up, but... Well, let's not. We we don't have to discuss it. No, no, no. No, I mean, it's, you know, when you have embarrassing uh, photos of you from high school or something, sure. I feel like my YouTube channel is kind of like an embarrassing uh, playlist of videos. Mm-hmm. Um, thank goodness I privated the majority of the very embarrassing ones, because when I was even younger, uh, I went 
like actually viral on YouTube for uh, a video called Fake Jonas Brothers Fans. And in it, I am a 13-year-old, brace face, frizzy haired, no makeup, very charismatic, outgoing girl. And I just start ranting. The camera quality's horrible, but I'm thinking about fake Jonas Brothers fans. And it went viral for all the wrong reasons. Um, it was definitely not for TRR. Uh, but yes, uh, I definitely have had some parasocial power in the past. And I thought that that was like gone from my life, I guess. And now that it's back, um, I guess I'm a little bit shy, which is not like me at all. Um, but I enjoyed it. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. That doesn't sound like a scream at all. That sounds like a beautiful song to the heavens. And you are translating your dark energies into parasocial power. So congratulations. Thank you. My Scream from the Pit this week involves a rare outing to a friend's backyard. I work on 10,000 projects simultaneously, and one of those was this project. I had to go over to a friend's house and meet the friend that we're doing the project with, as well as somebody who is another friend that's helping us with the project in a certain way. And after we look over what we need to look over, we start talking just about general life and whatever. And of course, The Bachelor comes up, as it always does in my presence. That cannot be helped at this point. I didn't even bring it up. Just my merely being there was emanating enough Bachelor energy that they started talking about the fucking Bachelor unsolicited. And so I'm sitting there. And one of these friends, like, definitely watches, hasn't watched every season, is kind of a recent viewer. And the other one doesn't watch it at all. Knows what it is, but doesn't watch it at all. And I proceed to listen to the friend who watches it sometimes start talking about it at what he believes is an expert level. And I'm just sitting there. There's inaccuracies in everything he's saying. There's big pieces of information left out. There's historical context not presented. There are many (laughs) problems with how any of this information (laughs) is being presented. And I'm just sitting there like, my legs start shaking. My teeth are like clenching. And I'm like, just don't do it. Don't fucking go in, dude. Don't say anything. Just let him talk. Let it be over. Let the conversation end and we can move on to the next subject. That's what's going on in my head. And I'm like, will I be able to do this? Will I be able to fucking hold back? And indeed I did. It was one of the hardest things I've done in a very long time, especially because some of this centered around the great one, Nick Vial, this conversation. And I obviously know a lot about that at this point. And I had things to say, but I was also like, if I do that, I know like my motor won't fucking turn off for 10 minutes. This is just going to be a steamroll. If I open this gate, I'm charging through it full steam with a fucking army. And I didn't want to do that. So I practiced really for the first time, an excessive amount of restraint in this. And, uh, I did it. And even now, I feel bad about having done it. I'm like, dude, you should have just fucking laid it down. I have that feeling. And I know that's wrong. I know that that I did the right thing. And I feel bad about having done the right thing in service of not exploding with my bachelor volcano. So my mom is a therapist. And growing up, we have regularly talked about rewiring your brain to, you know, combat certain negative habits that you want to change Mm -hmm. and 
part of that is, you know, retraining your thought patterns, recognizing, oh, that doesn't feel good. And even after the fact, being like, that sucked, but still doing it anyways, so that you can get that neural pathway the way you want it. And I think your feeling of like, oh, I should have just gone for it. Just sit in that uncomfortable feeling, but accept that Shoya would be so proud of you for uh, showing self-control. I'm proud of you. Like I'm not looking um, for third-party pride. I'm looking to convert as many people as I can into deep, deep pit dwelling. I should have blasted them with my dark pit energies and drugged them all the way to the fucking bottom. Today, they should be doing their own hyper binges. And I maybe could have gotten them there if I would have just said something. Because they were interested. They were talking about it at a level that wasn't just casual conversation. But I didn't go So why didn't you just jump in then? Why don't you call them up right now? Because I'm always that guy. Especially to... I mean, both of them know that I do this podcast and know that I have a, a, you know, high degree of expertise in it and all that. But uh, I don't know. Whatever. I did what I did. I'm moving on. It was just my scream. A minor couple of days of bad feelings about a missed opportunity to drag someone into the pit. (laughs) Anyway, now we're going to move on to this next little piece of Screams from the Pit. We have on our Patreon the ability to access a Discord that is for Patreon members only. And within that Discord, there is a tab where you can submit your screams. They have to be audio recordings, a minute or less. And if you submit them, we might play them here and analyze them. So today we have our first scream from somebody in our Discord. This comes to us from a person named Rosie. And here it is. Hi. Okay. So my scream from the pit is that I had a job interview a couple of days ago. And in preparation for that interview, I was asking myself questions and then answering them out loud to myself because I have anxiety. And for some unknown reason, I asked myself out loud, what are you watching on TV right now? And then I proceeded to answer that question out loud to myself by walking through the four audience strategy. And I literally had to say to myself, why the fuck are you practicing talking about The Bachelor for a job interview? This isn't going to happen. And that's my screen. Well, Rosie, we hope you got the job. We hope the interview went well. And I, for (laughs) one, think talking about The Bachelor in a job interview is perfectly fine. In fact, it might even help you get the job. A lot of people watch this show. A lot of people know about this show. If you can engage in a meaningful conversation about this show, which might also be meaningful to the person you're talking to, whether it's in a job interview, a date, any life circumstance, I say you go for it. I say you push hard, as we know. The only way out is through. But thank you, Rosie, for submitting that scream. And I hope that a lot of other people will submit screams. I love hearing them. And uh, Me it's, too. It's interesting because I'm like, I, I do the same thing. When I'm just thinking about whatever else I have to do in life, there's like threads of The Bachelor always weave through it. And it's like, well, how was The Bachelor involved in this? So I love this scream. And thank you again, Rosie, for submitting. Thank you, Dark Seeker, for submitting your scream this week. And thank you for having me. Um, I know people probably want Pace Case. I want Pace Case. So hopefully you guys uh, were able to put up with me for this Twibbon. I have enjoyed it. Absolutely. You were fantastic. I appreciate you joining me and helping me out with this while Pace Case is handling our 
Very important business, which... Official gore business. Absolutely. And thank you for everyone who joined us this week to go through all this information to really break down everything that's happening within the game, to hear my ranting about the importance of black boxes. I know it may seem trivial, but believe me, it's not. It's just another tool the producers use to convey some idea that is untrue. It's a piece of how they hold up the lie. And I just think it needs scrutiny. All these little things that they use, the music, the editing, the things that they actually put into the visual record are extremely important, and the black box is one of them. But thanks again, and I will remind you before we go that uh, you can get our book on pre-sale, How to Win the Bachelor, anywhere you get your books. Amazon.com is a great place to do it, and we got links to that everywhere. So thanks again, everyone. Thank you. And before we go, as always, what's that dwab at? It has been 7,086 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then Now you've heard me talk about quince on this program before. I love quince. I am right now head to toe dressed in quince. I got their shirts. I got their pants. I got everything from quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. <laughs> I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash roses. We're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer. It's a great time of year. It's a time for renewal. For me, that means reconnecting with friends and family I haven't seen for a while. And when I do, I want to make sure I have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with. 
That's why First Leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough, not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y. F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Try firstleaf.com slash roses. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. <laughs> 